0: Welcome to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. We're here to create comfort along the entrepreneurial journey and really the life journey. Join us for inspiring, dynamic conversations that make the arduous process of venturing out into the unknown feel more doable because we believe in making the impossible possible. We hope you'll join us as we play in the infinite. So pull up a seat, grab a blanket. Let's get cozy. Welcome back to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. Today I have a fun, like in real time learnings episode from my life. Um, I at first was like, I don't know, this is going to be helpful for people. And then I realized, wow, like I wish former me could have known this. And I know from the entrepreneurial accountability that I've been hosting, uh, for Q1 this year, that there are some people that want to create products that have the goal of, you know, building something, creating something as a part of their coaching business or services business. So, um, I want to share some of my insights in kind of a fun bullet pointy list way i don't typically you know you guys know me i just turn it on and start talking most of the time and it's more of a channel but i actually wrote down 10 bullet points and for me this serves to share kind of what i've really been waiting through a lot of the solo casts have been anecdotal things that have come up for me in conversations with the few clients i'm still seeing or as a general um, mental model or something I'm present to internally along the arduous journey that is building a new venture. And this to me is very like tactical advice I'm about to give you, very specific advice, and also personally personal experience in our own own unique journey. So my disclaimer is what I've learned is that everyone's journey in product development is completely different for other founders I've talked to. Um, There's no one way to do it. Um, I hope, and this is, you know, we're two minutes in and my hope is that this is the most important thing you take away. But the most important thing you take away is that you're literally not going to know how to do it until you're in it. I repeat, you will not know how you're going to create your products until you're in the process of creating them. So it's sort of like the sink or swim sentiment of like, you're not going to figure out how to swim until you're in the water. Like, and then I laugh at myself because I remember... When I was very little in swim class, they made us lay on our tummies on a bench and like practice swimming with our arms. So like, yeah, you can do that, but that's what this podcast is for, is like pretend practice, right? You're really not going to know what is best for your venture and for your product development journey until you actually decide to get in the water and be a yes to getting on the journey, to getting on the path. It's like a hike, right? Like, I don't know how hard the hike's gonna be, until I'm actually hiking and experiencing the present moment of the hike. Uh I did a hike in New Zealand called Roy's Peak and it was at my stepmom was like it's really hard like it's not going to be easy like I'm I'm not I'm just warning you you know it's pretty hard and then Jeff was looking at the trail map he's like you know American Lake and Snowmass and I was like yeah or Aspen I was like yeah and he goes you know how that one starts with like a lot of steep uphill. And I was like, yeah, it's like just imagine doing that the whole time for for four hours. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I kind of knew I was in for something hard. And then in the experience of it, I, I I could perceive in real time in the present moment what hard was going to actually feel like for me. So I disclaim all of that because that is my ultimate overarching top line like learning from all of this and I'm gonna hopefully elucidate for you guys today how much I really mean it like you will not know till you're in it how it's gonna go so I'm gonna take you through my top 10 learnings from product development this thus far and also caveat we have not launched anything yet we are still in product development and we become the best teachers when we're teaching from something that is recently grounded in us and, and something we're really experiencing uh, when our pain is still fresh, right? Like I taught fat loss 10 years ago when I was going through fat loss <laughs> and I was the best teacher for it at the time. Now I'm like, oh, I'm not, I, I could teach you how to do it, but it's not resonating with me. So I'm probably not going to resonate with you. So anyway, this feels hot for me. This feels precious to me. And I really do hope that It brings you guys some clarity, some insights, and really more than anything, courage to just get started and put the ball in motion because it's like leap and the net will catch you or like you take a step, universe takes a step. It is really, truly co-creation. So without further ado, I'm going to get started with my first learning. Okay. So tip one, number one, May seem obvious to some, but it definitely wasn't for me. So I always asked myself, if I were to build a product, where the heck do I start? So, in the actual exercise of thinking about that, the first time I went through, you know, really, really being curious. I was talking to the co-founders of Nike, uh, who created the Muff Mask, which is a sheet mask for your Volva, uh, that they sell at Nordstrom and a uh, lots of places. Their episode was awesome. You can find it here at the Cozy Cozy Podcast. Um they I was like, so where did you start? And like they still like weren't I, it still didn't make sense to me, but like I knew that, oh, they had a connection and then they called. So and I just I just remember thinking, this, who would I call? But the day I decided to move forward with Cozy Cozy is when I, I think I, I don't, I wish I even knew. I should have like journaled it. Like, what the heck did I Google? But I have a feeling I Googled, you know, like product development, right? Product development support or product development team for hire, something like that. And I found a company located in Austin, Texas that develop takes you from literal design concept to your first order which is huge when you are like i don't have factory connections i don't have a designer on hand like they kind of have the whole team and they do the project management for you obviously you're paying a premium on that but what i've learned the hard way in the past with my book experience was like Sometimes you could hire someone, but then they don't work well with the other person, or both people have like cross uh, skills where like they could both kind of do the same thing. And this just felt like a one-stop shop to do it. And so when I submitted payment with my first little angel check from Jeff of $5,600 to get started um, on the postpartum bra that we're designing, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm putting a lot of trust in these people and coincidentally the designer they paired us with had 10 years of lingerie design experience experience which is amazing and are we still experiencing issues with factories and, and our prototype and all that yeah like it's part of the bumpy road and I'm going to get to more about how to navigate that later but my first learning is pick a team to help you that's like a team for hire thinking that you have to hire the people. And pay them full time, or pay them all these different people contracting fee to build your own, you know, lab to create your own thing is like crazy, right? Because that would make it feel like, how do I ever do that? But at the same time, not everyone has the experience of hiring, you know, or like inventing it in their garage and making it by hand and selling, you know, ten made by hand products, like some people do, right? Um, So I think for me, it was all about how do I source this? How do I, how do I find the people to design it? It was just like the company's called Gemba. And I was like, okay, I can see, I know some of the companies on their website. They've clearly done good work. Like, here we go. And doing that and saying yes and investing in that group made me feel like, okay, we're a real company now. And along the product development journey, it actually helps co-create your brand, right? Because they're gonna ask you questions. Well, according to like your brand or your vibe, like what would you do here? Or what materials align with the ethos of your company? And you know, so it really, being in product development actually helps co-create your brand. Now don't get me wrong, if you are a, um, you know, if you are someone that, you know, just had this inspired download about the name and the brand and the colors and the mission and the purpose and the why, and you just had it all, and the product can easily just fit inside that, cool. But in my experience, <coughs> I had an idea for a product and I had a rough idea of the company and where it was going to go and how it was going to work. But as this baby grows like a pregnancy, it becomes more well-defined, right? Like if you think of a pregnancy starting as a group of cells, and by the time the baby's full term, they've got a nose with a facial structure that looks like their unique person. It's like that, the product that we're developing is actually helped defining, define us as a company. So that's like an aside to part one. But it also is uh, connects to my second learning, which is that your product development will and should be CEO led. Like it it is a if you are the founder or the co-founder, CEO, COO, like you are informing this, you are birthing these products. Like maybe in the sense we're talking CPG, right? Consumer package goods. Maybe in tech. You know you you are hiring either a cto or just a tech team that's building it and you're overseeing it but still you're guiding it you're fostering it it's like you're parenting this you know baby that's maybe being grown by a surrogate so to speak so i think that good companies have product development inspired by guided by fostered by the ceo and or co-founders um for me going through this process with my co-founder and then my mom who's like a co-founder but doesn't use that title because she's really gonna build out our sales, our outside sales program, um, it's bonded us. It's helped us become a company and feel like a real company before we're making money because we're making decisions together. We're ideating together. We're solving problems together on the product front. So while there are manufacturers out there, and sort of what's the word like? Um, we'll design it for you, white labeled type things. And there's nothing wrong with white labeling. Um, if you're really setting off to create something unique, make sure whatever team you hire or group you hire to bring it to life is letting you guide the way, because that is true creation. And. If you are the founder of the company, you want to be steering that ship that is the thing that's going to be sold to make you money. Um, Might seem obvious, but it feels really important. Um, The third thing is concurrent product development. Now, I fully understand, because I'm literally in it, that you may only be able to fund one product at a time, especially because you may need to reserve money for that first big inventory order which is also known as an MOQ which is the minimum order quantity which is what a factory says they'll do it's like the boundary that they throw up to say hey we're not going to just make two of these for you to sell like we're we're only going to make all of this if if we can make some money we want to make money so we have to do you know 10,000 of these for your first order so depending on your budget, will depend on what manufacturer you can work for. So again, totally understand if you can only work on one at a time. So I wanna tell a little side story about Cozy Cozy and how our product development has been working over the last six months because it's a really interesting story to me about concurrent product development. And obviously, a real life, Product selling company is going to have concurrent development but we're talking about startups um, sorry I should caveat all this with like we are talking about startups here so we set off on the postpartum bra we are developing this is like the first time I'm like really saying it because we filed our patent the world's first absorbent disposable bra so I guess I'll make a little plug for that and then I'll go into our design um, or our, our product journey um, this is designed to create lag time when your breasts are completely and fully engorged and your bras don't fit why is that important it's important because when your milk comes in you're going to be leaking and spraying milk everywhere and right now you could you don't want to pump when you get home from the hospital because that will send your supply haywire and when you're engorged the last thing you want to do is tell your boobs to make more milk by pumping them right so the solutions on the internet are to sleep in a bra with pads sleep on a towel which is like pathetic dress comfortably uh or you know make sure you nurse for relief but like your baby might not be hungry like the baby might not want to take a shower in your breast milk if you're spraying everywhere so yes there are devices out there like the lv catch to put in your bra but the devices and options currently involve wearing a bra and putting pads in them. And yes, I'm fully aware they do make absorbent nursing bras. However, they don't make disposable nursing bras. Why is that important? It's important, and now I just sound like I'm selling my thing, but hey, I need the practice, so here we go. It's important because your bras are likely not gonna fit when you come home from the hospital because you're so engorged. And when your milk comes in and your bra's too tight, Like I bought a double E or a double G at the very end of my pregnancy. I thought I would never need that size, but my boobs just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger during my pregnancy. Then I go to the hospital, have the baby, my milk comes in and my double G doesn't fit. And my nipples were so sore, I couldn't stand the feeling of that bra. So I was left with like a cami to wear and try to keep the nipple pads in the cami, but then they'd fall out and then I'd get so engorged, I had red marks from the cami on my chest and my boobs, So this is coming from a real pain point. And the reason that disposable is so important is because you don't want to buy a new bra. You will not have the mental capacity to buy a triple F size bra and know what size to fit when you're caring for a new baby. You're gonna lose time shipping it there. And oh, by the way, you're leaking in it all the time. Do you wanna spend a shit ton of money to buy seven of them so you don't have to wash it every single day? Probably not. So that's why we're inventing that. (laughs) So once we pressed go on that with Gemba and we started working on the design and we started looking at materials and and figuring all of it out, I was talking to my co-founder and we were like, okay, well, we should naturally obviously have a nipple bomb to go with that phase when you are just cracked and raw and bleeding and uncomfortable. So what can we do? What can we create to allow for that You know to feel good so we came up with our swipe on glide on single hand use beautiful tube that we will be selling called nip gloss and uh we love the formula and we picked a group out of oregon that formulates that they, they only work with all natural ingredients some of which are certified organic already we got to meet with our chemist amazing team all good right then we found a packaging person through our team uh, in austin that helped us source tubes for our nipple bomb. but what's hilarious about all of this and the reason i'm telling this story is i think it's really important is it was late october or early november when we decided to we're like you know what we we pressed go at the end of september on the bra two months later we're like we should do a nipple bomb obviously it makes sense and we priced out some tubes online and we were like okay like the tubes will be like two thousand bucks and it looks like we can do our, our the, the minimum order quantities like between three and five thousand dollars and the r d development fee is like 2500 so i'm like oh like this is a less than ten thousand dollar project like i feel like and it's quick like we should do the nipple bomb or you know we call it nip gloss we should do the nip gloss and then um, it'll also give us if, if we launch that first because we knew the, in, intuitively we knew the bra was going to take a while. Let's do that gloss, and then that way we'll be able to test out our third-party logistics. We'll get our website up and running. We'll be able to start a marketing you know process, and it'll just give us practice. So obviously the product is amazing and soothing and so important and going to really make a lot of moms' lives much more comfortable and less messy. And we're like, timing-wise, it's going to be really helpful for us to learn and launch that first. And it'll build momentum into the bra and da 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 So that was why. All we knew is we have a lab and we'll ask our packaging guy to help us find tubes. Cool. Yeah, that turned into a $25,000 project. And it's not, good. it's not done, clearly. We've not launched it yet. And we thought we were going to be selling it in February or March. And it's March 15th and uh, we're gonna be able to do it in June. So that brings me to another point that's actually my point one, two, three, four, five, six, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's you need to at least have six to 12 months before you plan on launching anything because the timelines are probably the hardest part of all of this, understanding when you need to have your shit together for third-party logistics and marketing were things I was concerned with on day one. So I started exploring them. I've got everyone queued up and then the product development is like the elephant in the room that's like, hey, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'm not ready to be born yet, right? So that's why I'm doing this episode because I would have never understood that delicate science that is art and science that's trying to figure out the timelines. So long story short with our example of concurrent product development is that between the two of them, it's really done a few things. It's helping take our average order value up, right? Because there'll be two products to buy instead of one. And we're not selling like luxury goods for thousands of dollars. And on top of that, it's it's allowing us to work with different vendors and understand how different vendors work and then helping us understand what types of vendors we like to work with and so in the vein of understanding wow we thought nip gloss was going to be a three to four month project and it's turning into like a nine month project like just like a you know freaking child uh childbirth so we were like okay so now that we see that if we want a product to come out by august which i was like oh yeah we'll like start that one in may and launch it by august like again never been here never done that there's a lot i don't know i realized the other day i'm like even though our budget doesn't really want to hold our other unique product that's an ergonomic peacup, cup we need to get started on it so needless to say the timing of everything is an art not a science and in order to have a suite of products, you have to do concurrent product development. And if you are maybe a supplement company, it's like obviously you would sell more than one supplement, um, or at least that would be the hope. And every every industry is different. So for us, we're kind of pulling at different types of products at different times, for different parts of the journey with different manufacturers. So it's been, really a lot to manage but nevertheless the point is if you are trying to launch multiple products together they are going to have to be um, seen as different projects that you are managing at the same time and that brings me to my second point which is you do have to have some level of funding and you need to have a budget to go off of, given that the, that some total of it all is not going to be easily self-funded unless you're a high net worth individual. Um, especially if you're still working full time and you're working full time because you do need to make income for your living expenses, um, to give you an idea, like the, for us, like, you know, the between $5,000 and 20000 those are like the numbers for the minimum order quantities that we have to fund in order to buy our first, you know, bulk order or inventory purchase. So those are the MOQs that the factory is, um, you know, asking for. and. If you can't buy them in bulk, the factory's not going to want to do it because they're not going to make any money if they're not selling a lot of these things. They make their money by selling these things at large scales. I was just talking to the CEO of Gaia Baby Goods, who's been a guest on this podcast, and she was talking about how as um, you know, a smaller company, they don't really need to do these huge bulk orders, but other people are now asking to wholesale through her. And she hasn't gotten her cost down low enough because of how um, the size of the inventory that she's purchasing. So if she were like, okay, instead of ordering, I don't know, 1,000 sweatshirts, I'm gonna order 10,000, it would cost her far less because they charge you less based on how much you're buying. Uh, and then she could make money wholesaling herself. So it's a really big uh, challenge to have the money to buy your first order. But here's the thing, you're not just doing that MOQ, you're also funding that maybe the design, maybe the design hours, maybe the prototyping, maybe the shipping of the prototyping. For us, we're paying a company that I've mentioned called Gemba to do the project management for us so that we get their connections to designers we get their connections to manufacturers and and you know in theory expedite the process so um this point that's technically a point for on my page is that you have to know roughly how much money you need before you just go into it lucky for us we had just gotten to, we had paid enough starter money, like twenty one hundred or twenty five hundred dollars, to do um, research and development for our nipple bomb. We had done, a, you know, Jeff's angel check for fifty six hundred dollars to get started with our bra design and other odds and ends fees for like a, a brand package and things like that. That got us far enough down the road to know what the next costs were going to be, and very quickly we were like, we need seventy five thousand dollars. And so then we decided to get a business loan before we did any more. We were really feeling too early to be uh, going into, like, you know, venture capital space. So you do want to have a budget before you just start walking down the path and throwing a ton of money at it because, again, unless you're a high net worth individual, it's going to be very challenging to self fund. Um, But conversely, point five is just get started because we wouldn't have even known how much money we needed and gone down the process of getting the business loan, which further enabled us to keep going. If we hadn't just gotten started, like I will forever remember the feeling standing in my kitchen as I typed in credit card information to get started on the bra. We hadn't decided that we were going to get a nipple bum yet. Like, sure. It was in my mind. Yeah. Like if we're this type of company, we should probably have that type of product. And I definitely want to improve it for the world and make it a single-handed swipe on so on and so forth. Um, (laughs) and I was still like, I didn't know anything about the next six months except that I was going to go for it. And that decision started a domino effect in my life of where I'm going. And it started happening in, in some ways, what feels like really fast and other times what feels like really slow so speaking to time point six now we're kind of picking up the pace here with our with our um, points is is that you do need to plan for 6 to 12 months to even know what is gonna happen as far as launching I try to set a launch date like two months into product development don't ask me why I just didn't know what I didn't know and so Uh, what we're understanding is it's going to be, if we can fingers crossed, pull off the postpartum bra launch in June, that will be about 10 months, which is about the length of a pregnancy, right? And so if it is not in June, if we run into more hurdles and we launch in October, that's just a hair over a year for this product development cycle. And I don't think that that's super abnormal. I mean, perhaps if you have a team of 20 people working on a product and manufacturers at your fingertips and, and, or maybe your own in-house manufacturer for these more established companies, it wouldn't be that long, but I'd like to think that good things take time. And my co-founder Lily always reminds me of that. So um, if I could go back in time, just even six months ago, I would say, don't do anything except product development until like May. <laughs> but at the same time, I also wouldn't change anything because I've learned a lot by going two to three steps ahead of myself. So I'm just trusting my process and trusting my intuition. But what I can tell you from my observations, from my intuitive journey, is give it time. Um, it is a skill. Product development is a skill. It is something that um, I've been telling people that, you know, having had a service-based business for almost a decade, service-based is really hard in so many ways because it's your, you are the product essentially. You Your service is what they're purchasing and that really takes a toll on your worthiness. It really takes a toll on your self-trust and self-autonomy and follow-through and showing up and dependability. And you're dealing with people face-to-face. So instead of selling a widget and then someone writing, oh, I don't like the color of this widget or this widget like wasn't working well, it's like they're literally saying you suck. Like you, Garrett Wood, I don't like you. Or I don't, I didn't like your service or luckily I've never really had that many bad reviews, knock on wood with my coaching, but I do think that it really scaffolded me in all the, the attributes I just mentioned because so in a lot of ways, product development and CPG, you know, the CPG space seems easier in a self, what's the word, self-awareness or self-confidence arena, but when it comes to the actual skills of logistics and budgeting and timelines, like I'm in the thick of the biggest learning curve maybe of my life besides motherhood. And it's hard. And it's it's like every day I learn something new, which is really cool. And maybe 10 years from now, I'll say, oh, like, I think this is easier. I think this is harder than service-based business. I don't know yet, but I can tell you that it's definitely a different type of operating system right like instead of working with people and emotions and guiding other humans you are guiding a a creation of something it's a lot of creative energy as i mentioned so my point one two three four five six seven point eight launch dates are hard to set i've sort of already said this but you What we're learning from our marketing strategist, who you've heard, Nicole Cutright, who's been on this podcast, you know, you want to have time to give people the product for free to try. You want to test your MVP. You want to make sure your logistics are in place, but also get feedback and build hype and build momentum. And we keep thinking, oh, we're going to have our product done by this month or this month. So then we'll have these two months to seed and then we'll launch. But like everything keeps getting pushed out. So, I keep thinking, oh, this is our launch date. Oh, this is our launch date. And then it's not. So luckily I haven't said too much besides like, oh, I think this is it. or I think this is it. Like I haven't posted on social media, like March, you know, 10th, we're launching. Like I've hinted at, oh, it could be coming soon. But, um, in my mind, the launch date has changed, you know, so many times, (laughs) but, um, it is very hard to set. And that's just been my experience. Maybe for someone else, you're much more cautious and much more just focus on one thing at a time. So you didn't think about launch till everything was set to go and then chose one. I've been trying to choose a launch date since I decided to start the business. So that's just me. But I will say for me, it has been hard. Um, This is co-creation. So product development is co-creating your brand in real time. Because The questions you have to ask yourself when you're doing product development pre-launch. So obviously everything we're talking about is product development pre-launch. We're not talking about a seasoned company in product development. We're talking about a new company that's never sold anything before doing product development and your product informs your brand and your brand informs your product. So I have an idea of the brand of Cozy Cozy and what it stands for and why I'm doing it and what is the mission and what is the purpose of all of this and I have to have that come through in a product. And at the same time, the type of product I'm even creating helps imbue the essence of the brand in the brand. (laughs) So it's true co-creation. The brand takes a step, the product takes a step. The brand takes a step, the product takes a step. Like I'm sure you can all think of a company where you're like, That's weird that they made that. Like that's off-brand for them, right? Like, oh, I'm just trying to make up an example. That tennis racket company made socks. That was off-brand. Or I don't know. Again, just a random example I'm making up. But your products obviously inform your brand, but your brand is informing your products. I think in the very beginning stages, like we are, when you're pre-launch, you are really co-creating the brand while designing the product. So that's been really cool to see. Um, My next point, which has been mentioned already numerous times because it's so obvious and felt for me that I can't not, which is that it is like a pregnancy. You are building something that feels intuitively guided in my case, but also not intuitive, especially if you're a first time mom, pregnancy is intuitive, but also complex and a lot, um, so yeah, and it it's it would be shocking for a brand new company without venture funding to create and launch a brand uh, a product in six months, unless it's I don't know something easy you can make with your hands so um for me the pregnancy analogy has been really real and for those of you who follow me on instagram and you've listened to a lot of the recent interviews you know that i have struggled with fertility for over a year now and it effing sucks but at the same time i'm like I've never used this much creative energy before, except when I was pregnant with Declan. So you know what? Maybe I'm not supposed to get pregnant till after we launch in June. Fingers crossed it's June. Uh, Because my my creative sacral chakra energy is very, very siphoned off by all of this. So that's just an interesting personal aside. Um, So my bonus point is... Do it, like go for it if you can see it and you can feel it. So for me, I can feel in my body the truth that is this disposable bra existing. I see it, not, I'm not a specific manifester, so I don't have the exact stitching in mind and I didn't have the exact design before we started walking down the path. I had a general idea, I, I, but I'm, I'm more of a co-creative uh, creator. Um, but I could feel in my body that it was truth, that this was happening, no question about it. And that's all I needed to get started. So it's a strong degree of self trust, but really like third eye trust. So like, Someone out there right now, anywhere, anyone listening, like think of something that you just know to be true. So an example might be like, maybe you're single right now, but you just know that you're gonna be married in this lifetime. You're like, I don't know when, I don't know to whom, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that like I will be married or I will make a million dollars in this lifetime. Like I don't know when, but I know I'm gonna do it. It just feels like such truth for you. That's how this all felt, which is why I continue to walk scared and continue to you know convince my co-founder it's all working out um if you can see it whether that's third eye or you can feel it in your body as truth go for it because no one else can feel that and if you keep staying in the mind and asking other people well what do you think about this idea no one else is going to feel your truth or see your vision as clearly as you do. So yes, as a CEO, as a leader, as a founder, your job is enrollment and engagement, like enrolling people in your idea and helping them to see it as clearly as you do. But in order to get something off the ground, in order to get started, like you have to, or if you're wondering if you should get started, so long as you can see it and feel it clearly, I say go for it because that's all i can tell you i can i i am as far as i am which i'm not trying to say like i'm far (laughs) because obviously we haven't even launched anything but we're very far down the line with our product development and i had no idea what this would look like or feel like in the quote how but i know and still see in my mind's eye and feel the truth in my body of these products will be live and they're getting closer and closer by the day so I hope this was somehow helpful for someone out there who is either about to start the journey or has always wanted to go on the journey of product development because it is not for the faint of heart. Don't do it alone. Even if it's just like for me, like asking my mom to come on board, um, even before Lily so that someone could hold space for me. Someone could hear the ideas and give feedback. Like that was what I needed and it's, um, definitely more uh, enriching than you realize and I say that because having an echo chamber having someone say hey like you're are you thinking about this are you thinking about that gives you things it's basically someone checking your blind spots so that is important and as are the other points so happy to give you guys any other tips. If you feel called to DM me or email me, my info is always in the show notes. We have a really, really beautiful and super supportive episode on Sunday with Courtney Stacy, who is therapist and coach on attachment theory. Well, she is a therapist and coach and our our podcast is on attachment theory. She coaches more than just that, but it was really supportive for me. I had a really crazy thing happen with friends um, and uh, this whole kind of drama situation came out of nowhere in my life uh, moments after I recorded the podcast and it actually helped me maneuver and move through this really challenging not so fun friendship situation. So if you are dealing with any relationship issues in your life, be that business or friends or romantic, I highly recommend you tune in on Sunday with Courtney, Stacy, and I. And um, thank you so much for being here as always. I will keep you posted on all things Cozy Cozy as we move closer to launch and go through more challenges in product development. And again, I am here to be a... Um, resource for anyone who has questions. So thank you for listening. As always, share this with a friend if it feels supportive to you and you want to connect with them deeper on something that's lighting you up. And um, if you feel called to leave us a review, that is hugely supportive. So I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for being here. Happy Friday if you're listening in real time and enjoy your weekend.